Thank you all for tuning in to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey, the Josh Terry podcast brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. Today I have with me someone who has a uh, very incredible, to say the least, uh, story. Um, Matt Jackson, he's from uh, Gray, Georgia. I said I wouldn't have anybody again from Gray, Georgia in here. <laughs> um, I've had a few, but you, I think you're going to break the mold. I think, you, you, I think you'll do a good show. Oh, sorry. Um, no, nah, shout out to everybody else from Gray. Just uh, Y'all know what I think about women from Gray. Um, <laughs> I was told a long time ago to leave them alone, and damn if I shouldn't have. Uh, but, Matt, uh, you're 28 years old? Yep, correct. And, uh, man, just a little bit that you've been in here and kind of told me about you. I cannot wait to hear the rest of the story. And people that listen to me, uh, they're going to love you. You're going to be absolutely adored by the end of all this. I hope so. Um, Matt was uh, a fisherman that uh, did a lot of YouTube videos and everything. That was his profession for a little while. And then uh, life happened. And uh, he's here to talk about that life happening today. So, uh, Matt, I want to kind of give you the floor to do a little introduction of yourself and then let's just start on day one when you get ready gotcha well i mean that was already a good enough introduction but yeah uh i'm matt jackson uh from small town gray georgia 28 years old uh decided to quit my nine to five job pick up a camera and a boat and tour up down the east coast fishing and doing what i love doing and it was a dream it really was and like you said life happened how long did you do that uh, a good year and a half, a good year and a half. And then it was like the sponsors were coming in. I had some amazing people that were backing me and it was, I mean, it, it, like I said, I never, never could have dreamed that I was, uh, what I was doing was real, you know? And as being to do what you love every day. Exactly. That, that's special. Like my office was a, uh, was salt water and a fishing rod and just mother nature at its finest. I wish I liked the fish, dude. <laughs> I don't have the patience for it. You gotta, gotta get the patience, man. I, I have patience for nothing though. Just to be real. <laughs> Hey, hey, it's tranquil. I think I gotta say, man, it's tranquil. Uh, well, with all the laughs and giggles and stuff, let's go ahead and start. Uh, start with day one. Um, kind of tell us how everything started happening for you. Gotcha. All right. Well, the rated R version, the real version. Oh, uh, you get to do as real as you damn want to yeah, okay. here in my right, studio, right, brother. Right. Okay. So like, we'll rewind a little bit. So age age seven, I was diagnosed with diabetes. Couldn't tell you why the doctor's like, look, like you have a you have a better chance to win a, the lottery. Uh, internal virus destroyed your pancreas, and seven years old, like no kid understands that. But what I what I could tell you was that for some reason, like I knew it was a gift, and like I didn't know what it was going to be for. And, it, and my mom, anybody that, that, that knew me at that point, I would tell them the same thing. They'd look at me like I was silly, like you know, this kid, a kid with diabetes, like. It's like a warrior spirit, dude. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. Damn warrior spirit. It was like flaming in me, and I get chills talking about it. So. Lived uh, lived with diabetes, type 1. And then fast forward to one day me and my buddy uh, Kyle were putting in a boat to go fishing. And I looked down and there's blood like all in the water. And I look down and I stick my hand in the water and the blood is like covered in my on my hands. And I'm sitting there with my hands in front of me looking down and I'm like, what is going on? I go to wipe it off of my shirt like, and I'm looking up. Now there's blood on the trees and in the sky and now I'm seeing like blood on my friend. All right, Kyle's face, and I look at Kyle. I'm like, dude, like my eyes are bleeding, and um, he goes, "Is dude, you're, you're fine? Like, what, are you, you're kidding with me?" And I was like, "No, dude, like I'm serious. Like I see blood." And uh, Kyle goes, "Man, stop playing." I was like, "Kyle," and the camera's rolling the whole time. Like, if you, when you watch that documentary, like that, the original clip of when the shit hit the fan, like that clip is in that documentary, and you can see that this like how scared I am. And uh, we brushed it off for a little bit, and 
started fishing. I said, Kyle, like something's wrong, man. Like we need to get home. So they rushed me to the doctor, the eye doctor. So we rushed from Savannah back to Macon, Georgia. And uh, we get there like 10 minutes before the doctor closed. And they, they looked at me and the uh, doctor comes back in. He goes, you need to go to a retina specialist like immediately. And I was like, okay, so can we schedule it for like a, a day, like a week from now or something? He goes, no, like now. And uh, we went in there. And Dr. B, Dr. Bachawa, you know, you got to love him. He's like one of the most brutal, honest person ever in the world, but you got to love him for it. But uh, I remember them drawing blood and they were, they were, they started a IV in my arm. They were shooting dye into my, my bloodstream and taking uh, scans of my retina and, and the, and the blood vessels back there. And I'll never forget it. He walks by and looks at the screen and he was like, Oh my God, like this is bad. He goes, uh, how long have you been a diabetic? And I was like, you know, um, uh, I think it's like, what? I'm horrible at math. <laughs> like 19, 18 years at the time. And uh, he goes, yeah, this, he said, Matt, this is bad. And that day started a, a transitional period of uh, laser treatment where they, they were sending laser beams to the back of my eyelid or back of my uh, retina. And it literally felt like you had an ice pick, like scraping the back of your oh. skull. And like, and, and like, I'm not bragging about this, but like, See, medical stuff creeps me out, but I did it with no numbing medicine because they would take a, a needle that was like at least two inches long and they would stick it in your eye to numb it so you wouldn't feel the laser beams. And I told the doctor, he goes, how well is your pain tolerance? I was like, I'm not doing that needle. So for, I don't think I could close my eyes to do it. Oh, yeah. Well, they hold, they force your eye open. Uh, and, then they, uh, with, uh, and then from the side, they shoot in an injection that numbs you. And um I told him, I was like, I don't care how bad it hurts. Like, I'm not doing this. So I, w- I grabbed the machine as tight as I could, and I, and, and I was like, look, like, send it. Like, let's do it. And uh, sure enough, we went through, you know, 15, 20 treatments uh, to stop the bleeding in the, in one eye now. This is going on in one eye. And one day, uh, Father's Day rolls around. Uh, Brightland had just been born. All this, while, while this bleeding's going on, my tour is slowing down because I can't drive. I'm seeing blood all the time. Uh, can't do basic functions. Can't even put the boat in the water. So we have to park the boat, stop the tour, and then sponsors start asking questions like, "Hey, like what's what's going on?" And you know, you got to swallow some pride. You know, look like I'm physically not capable of doing the things that I can do anymore. Like this is this is it, I, I, and I, I don't know like what to expect. And uh, you know, I mean, business is business, and they started slowly falling off, and that's when like the downfall really really started to hit things started to get dark real quick and uh the money stopped rolling in and then brightland was born and we we were thinking you know like what are we gonna do now like I, we've had a kid um <laughs> like life hit and it was father's day of 2000 uh let's see 12 18 17 so father's day of 2018 we were at dinner and i was looking at brightland in his car seat he was eight months old and it was literally like god took a light switch and flicked it off and like that was it like lights out that was the last time i saw my son from a, a detailed visual standpoint so what's your vision now so my left eye is completely gone. Like if there was one thing in life I never wanted was a lazy eye, and I'll be damned if I didn't get it. But it's, you can't tell. <laughs> That's what everyone says. You can't tell. That's what everyone says. But like I can feel it drift off every now and then. But well, left- mine does that when I'm drinking whiskey. So <laughs> it, you good? Just like you might have one too many. You, Maybe, can't, you yeah. can't. You can't tell, brother. You can't tell at all. All right. Well, I appreciate the honesty, but. uh yeah, so the left eye is completely gone. The uh, right eye has uh, 5% left in it, and that's 5% field of vision as well. So I don't see 180. I don't see not even 90 or 70, like 5%. So 
I mean, I know you guys can't see at home, but if you make a circle with your uh, thumb and your index finger, and that like that's your eyeball, that's what you see. The outer rim is completely uh, dead. Like anatomically, they pieced everything back together. But what got me was the blood flow back to the retina. So that outer band is completely destroyed, and the dead center is completely dead. So that little ring around from the dead from the center to the outer band is what I see, but it's so foggy and distorted, and uh, and hazy that that's that's what i'm left with so i can see light i can see shapes but no detail and that's that's where i'm at today i mean it's you always have to try to see the positive in a situation the fact that you have faith and the last thing that you got to see was your child that's that's beautiful though i mean yeah but i mean you know faith faith at that point to me was was not even possibility like i i'd always believed in god I always believed in you know jesus and, and stuff were like you that. mad at the time at god oh i was pissed like because uh, i mean I, here's here was my outlook you know i'm i'm 26 years old like i don't mess with no one like i give i give people a shirt off my back like why in the hell do i deserve this like if if this is happening to me and you're completely wrecking my life then you better give me a damn explanation and that was my that was my viewpoint like a lot of people were like oh you told god that yeah i did because at that time that's that's the realest i could i could ever put it and it's like there's just sometimes you and I'm guilty of it. Uh when I went through some dark days, like I've been angry at God. But I think you have to. I think you kinda have to you have to let those feelings out. But it's part of your journey too. There's been a lot of people that at one point in time damned good Lord. And it wasn't they needed an explanation. You were probably trying to find an explanation to why and you just didn't realize God's plan yet. Oh no, by by no means. Yeah. And it's and it's crazy because like if I would have seen the plan that day, it'd blow my mind. About there's that's no way. the beautiful part of oh, it. Oh, it is. I tell oh, people all the time. I got chills. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did tell you. You gave me goosies when you said that. Um, that's one of the beautiful things about walking, and I mean no joke by this by blind faith, is when not knowing the journey, but knowing that. Or the destination, not knowing the destination, but knowing the journey and still knowing that something beautiful is going to come out of this, no matter what kind of licks you got to take, you might get knocked down. That's an inspiration to so many people. Uh, A lot of people are always looking for their purpose in life, but sometimes you're the purpose. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you're the purpose because your story's bigger than you. And, you know, you done gave me chills like three or four times already. There's going to be like somebody listening to us today that you're going to motivate them. They're going to need to hear your story. And um, so after after when you were just talking about the vision and everything and Father's Day, what was the what was kind of the next part? What was the the next move? Yeah. So at this point, we we were still doing laser treatment, and then once that retina detached, we were sitting there, and I'll never forget that day either. You know, uh, me and mom were were talking to Doctor B and the nurse, and he brings us into a separate room, and uh, he goes, Matt, he said, uh, we're we're at the last resort, and I was like, okay, like tell me, like give it to me raw. He said, uh, we're going like you're you're blind. And he goes, I have to go in there, and your retina is rolled up like a scroll. I have to go in there and flatten it back out. And you want to talk about the scariest, most non-understanding, 
like self degrading like I couldn't even put it into words and I the only thing that like my natural response was I, I bawled like a baby and I remember looking at mom and me and her were like crying our eyes out in a room because it's like that's after everything that I've achieved and accomplished like at 26 years old I don't I didn't never want to be in that it's predicament yeah. and um so it, that's when that's when it really it really hit home like okay Matt like what's go, whatever's happening to you like I, I'm pissed you know like God's an asshole and it it led from there to going into the first eye surgery and I remember going in and everything went fine uh, Dr B met mom and he goes look he said uh, I want to let you know like we we got we got ninety percent of Matt's vision back he said um, anatomically everything's correct and when I came out of surgery, like I had a few dead spots and, and it, it, after, after that surgery, you sit in darkness for about two or three days. It's kind of like a weird transition and you, and they, they put a, um, an oil bubble in your eye to flatten the retina. They usually put gas or, or oil. Well, if they put oil, they have to go back in. So now we're looking at another surgery and I hate surgery. I hate like the hospitals. Like they just creep me out. Me too, bro. <laughs> and it's sad because I'm a diabetic. You know, I stick myself all the time, but needles just creep me out. And uh, dealing with that air bubble, I had to stay flat on my belly for like 12 hours out of the day, like looking straight down at the floor. And not only that, but you know, mom was working, nobody else was there. And it was just me by myself and uh, in a living room silence of like and then that's when the battle started coming in the head like hey like you're worthless like this is this is it but like you you ain't getting out of this one and uh damn sure enough like about four or five days later my uh, left eye crashes so now we're not only dealing with just one eye that we're trying to fix we're dealing with both eyes and we went rushed back to dr b and Dr. B looks at me and mom, he goes, I, I never suggest this. He goes, well, we have no option because we have to go back into surgery. And, um, at this, at this point, uh, uh, did they ever give you any explanation to why it happened so suddenly? It was, it was, so when they, they did the, uh, the laser treatment tissue, uh, cartilage tissue started growing. And when it did, it wrapped around the retina and then pulled it from the optic nerve. It, it was painless, like completely painless, but it was just a weird, a weird process. And then while all this is going on, I'm still doing the YouTube stuff. Well, this, uh, this lady who was, uh, like a, another mother figure to me, a very spiritual person. Cause at the time, you know, the, the people always ask like, why, why do random people come into our lives at a certain point? Like we can't explain. And this, this lady was one of those. And it's so funny because she was one of my, uh, friends who's another famous YouTuber. It was his mother. And she would talk to me like a son. She goes, Matt, like, I want you to know that, like, you know, God loves you. Like, he's there. Like, this is happening for for a reason. Like, you just got to stick with it, stick with it. And she was she was pumping, like, faith into me. And the whole time, like, I'm I'm at the house, like, cussing God out. Like, you know what, saying, like, you know, if 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 this is how it's going to be, then I'm going to live my life the way I want to do it. Like, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm tired of being nice. I, I'm tired of believing in something that you, like, show up. Like, if, you, if, you, if you're real and as powerful as you say, then knock on my door. Like, give me a reason to believe. I thought about that for the longest, longest time. And uh, it, it before before we went into that second eye surgery, and this all happened within, one like, one to two weeks, it was we lost the house, okay? All the sponsors dropped. Mom and dad lost their house. 
Um, I was I was hospitalized two days before being cleared to go into surgery with emergency surgery. They left me. The hospital was so packed. They left me in a hallway with an IV bag, and the only person that would talk to me was the uh, the nurse practitioner going up and down the hallway. And he they were so busy because they had a uh, they had a gang shooting that night and had like four or five people in the in the in the main uh, lot or the main. Uh, you got Navicent. Yeah. Oh no, it was a medical center. No, Coliseum. Yeah, Coliseum. Coliseum. All the rooms were packed out, so I was stuck in a hallway. And he was so busy, he he was running down the hallway, and he was, like, talking to me on the run. And at this point, like, I'm sitting in a hospital bed, uh, in a hallway at a hospital, looking up at the ceiling. They uh, Both veins were blown out because they were in such a hurry. Like, it was just one thing after another. And I was, I was sitting there like, you know what? Like, if this if this is how my life is, I don't I'm, – I'm done. I'm done with life. Like, when I get home, I'm in it. And I was, I was at that point. And uh, I said, you know what? Like, I've always heard mom with her uh, ER stories and saying people go into surgery and they they either walk with God or they see an angel or something. Like, they get some symptom out of this. So I was like, and, and the last conversation I had with him that night was, uh, okay, God, like, I'm going to give you one more chance. If you, you show up when they put me to sleep for, in two days now, and and I'll... I'll believe in you, and I and I know this is for a reason. And uh, the next morning, they cleared me to go to surgery. We go to surgery, and that morning, I'm I'm so excited to be put to sleep that like, I was like, I'm ready. And um, you wanted to see it though. Oh uh, yeah, I wanted. That's to what see you it. mean when you say you're excited. I was, you, yeah, I, you I was ecstatic. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like you know what, like. This, this is this is and it's like giving God ultimatums, and I was like, yeah, I, I got him, like I got him, like he's he's got to show up now, and uh, and sure enough, like I went to sleep and woke up and nothing, and you want to talk about the uh, loneliness, like all right, and and my thought process is like oh, you're a piece of shit, like you really are, like f you, I'm done, like whatever, and it, I, I, when I walked out of the hospital, it was a turning point that Matt's gonna live his life like Matt wants to live it. I'm gonna do the things I was told not to do. I'm gonna just be just be me and have fun. And we went back home. We we're sitting on the sofa. Everybody, I was quiet. I was so mad. And that night rolled around, and mom mom goes to sleep. And it, it got to a point where mom knew I was so miserable and so depressed that she would sleep on the other sofa across from me in the living room because they were they were they were scared to leave me by myself because they they knew the the anger and the frustration because this point I was taking out on everyone it was miserable and mom goes to sleep phone rings at nine thirty at night and uh, sure enough I hadn't heard from her in about three months and it was that lady that uh, I told you that random stranger and I pick up the phone and I said um, I said hey Miss Katie she goes hey Matt and she goes I wanna I wanna tell you something. And I was like, okay, like you can't give me no more worse news than I've ever heard in my life before. So go ahead. She said, "This the first night that we uh, we were talking on Instagram about that contest about the GoPro because I was giving away a GoPro at the time." And uh, she goes, "There was something about you that drew me to you spiritually." She goes, "I never knew why." And she said, uh, "I walked down my back porch and I started praying as to like why why uh, you had this spiritual effect on me." And she said, uh, and I got an answer immediately, and it was that something was going to happen to you so bad that it was going to heart like don't let it harden your heart. And she said, and that and that was told me clear as day. And she said, and I'm here to tell you, and like you see my hair standing up, you see my hair standing up, it's so crazy. And uh, she on the phone, she goes, I want you to know that God loves you, and it's going to be okay. Like 
I, I promise you, Matt, it will be okay. And she, and she hangs up the phone. And at that point, I, I was so overwhelmed at what she said. Like I just broke down into tears and this is this is when you know that God shows up is, I, I, and you may not whoever has had this happen to you before like you know and it's like it was like God was holding me in his in both of his hands and I was like a sand grain to to that and it was me like feeling like I was so full overwhelmed of love that that's all I could do was cry and it was like in my mind everything was okay twenty six years of my life was laid out in front of me to where it's like. I know why I had diabetes. I know why this has happened. I'm blind, and I'm okay with that. And it was like instantly all the pain, all the cussing, all the all the anger was gone in a matter of minutes. Well, it's sometimes, man. Uh, everybody says that sometimes when you get broke down, like you still have a strong foundation and you can rebuild from that. In my mind, that's just not accurate for some people. I'm hard-headed. Yeah. I don't know how hard-headed. I'm guessing you might be hard-headed. <laughs> I mean, um, you both. Me and you both. For, for some of us, we have to destroy that foundation, too. We have to start from ashes. And I feel like when God has to teach hard heads a lesson, that he lets you get to that breaking point. And you get rewarded if you don't break. Like, Does that make it like... Yeah, no, you're, how, you're absolutely right. How, how some people... They don't hold on to receive their blessing. But if they'd have held on just a little bit longer, they would have received that blessing. And the reason why for hardheads and this other folks that it you have to go through so much hell to get your heaven is because you didn't learn a lesson. You it takes almost breaking you to learn that lesson. Oh yeah, exactly. With, was, with you with you kind of giving God an ultimatum, it was never that he didn't love you. He was like, I'm gonna show you. I'm going to wait until the last possible minute, and I'm going to pop up. And it was never because I didn't love you. It's because even in the darkest moment, even when you're feeling that bad, I'm still thinking about you. I'm still there for you. I've never lost my love for you, but you're going to damn sure learn this lesson first. Oh, yeah. Well, he, I mean, he loved me enough to let me let me go through that. And and what really wrecked me was is like I've never felt unconditional love like that before in my life. And, and I can't explain. You can't put that into words unless it happens to you. And you, you're, and you you're damn right. And you sir. tell that person, you're like, I know exactly what you were feeling that night. And this this is what wrecked me. Like this is this one. You know, like like. God's legit is so rewind when I moved to Atlanta I was mentoring under this uh, this guy who owned a clothing store he's a multi-millionaire and he, he, was, he had a doctor degree in psychology so he would say something to me uh, that would like shut me up for like a week make me think <laughs> and, uh, and, I, and I was grateful for it I was grateful for it and he always kept saying he was like look man he goes I want to tell you a bunch of things he said nothing is accidental or coincidental he's like you always, that's, that's, that's number one number two when it seems like it's happening to you is happening for you. And then he said, and the third one, and this will give you chills right here. I was told this at 19 years old in downtown Atlanta. He said, and you need to walk by faith and not by sight. And I never understood that. I never had a grasp of what that meant until that night. It was like God slapped me in the face with it. It was like, do you get it now? That's blind faith. I mean, that's what you've got to have, but that's what, that is what is beautiful about, I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I believe that that is the one true religion. But regardless of what religion it is or if you're just spiritual and you believe in the universe, there is something beautiful about when you finally understand that, when you understand that there is something bigger than you, that, that how you said you felt like a grain of sand in his hands. 
Yeah, it's kind of overwhelming, but at the same time, knowing that there's something so much bigger, so much more powerful than you, it is just, it's a love, it's a feeling, it's something that you cannot describe to anybody. Oh, yeah, you can't. It's so overwhelming, like you have no other option, but just, just a ball crying. And it, and it's like, it's almost like that halftime, uh, you know, motivational speech where you go in and like you're, you're pumped up oh, yeah, a, yeah, after yeah, it happens. Yeah. And, it, and it's like after that happened, I, I went to sleep. And, but before all that, all that stuff went on i was having the worst nightmares ever and i mean like demon nightmares i mean it was so bad like the the spiritual warfare going on in my life at the time i mean i could have ended it so quickly quickly like you know um I could have overdosed on insulin and just went to sleep by taking the easy way out. Several times in my life, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just pump up the insulin dose, go to sleep, not even worry about it. And then that was constantly, constantly. And when I went to... um I went to sleep that night. It was the most peaceful sleep I've ever ever had. And then when I woke up the next morning, the most beautiful ray of light came through my sister's two sliding glass doors, and I could see the doors. Both my eyes now. And... and we, so I went to a post-op uh, checkup that morning, and they were like, hey, can you read the board? I'm like, yeah. He, go, he looks at me and goes, there's no way. I said, uh, I said, yeah, I can see it. And uh, it, it, was, it was crazy. Like, it even blew, blew the doctor's minds at this time because they were like, how is this even possible? Well, it's possible because God was there. Yeah. That's how it's possible. And um, sadly enough, that's not the, uh, it's not the end of the story, of course. You know, when you get out of a, a, a storm, there's always more coming. So everything's good and dandy about that. And, you know, I'm, I'm filled filled full of, like, faith and stuff like that. And then you got to think that was only on, on two surgeries. Well, we've got 14 more ahead of us of a, of a storm that I didn't even see coming. And it was another roller coaster. It was up and down, up and down. Here we go again. Why is this going through this? Like, I, you've got faith, Matt. Just push through. You've got the faith. Push through, push through, push through. And just just like getting out of it, you know, I wound up after the 16 eye surgeries, you know, Emory, Emory finally uh, told us, they're like, look, like, this is this is it. This is, this is who you are, Matt. And at that point, I, I was done with the depression stuff. Uh, and I would I would lie. I'd be sitting there lying to you today if I told you that that journey through those sixteen eye surgeries wasn't a complete hailstorm, you know. And if it wasn't for God, like I wouldn't have gotten through it. But at the end of the day, I knew that when I finished this race, that my eyesight was a complete blessing. And I wouldn't argue with you no differently. Like if you had the power right now, you're like, man, I'll give you your eyesight back. I say, no, you can keep it. Well, you know, it's not in the plan. That that that's an understanding that amputees and other folks that deal with handicaps or anything like that, that once you realize that that was not part of the plan and you start getting out of your own way and trying to see what God's plan was, universe's plan, whatever some people want to call it, I'm calling it God's plan, that that's when you, you, you're at peace with it and you know that you wasn't supposed to have it. Yeah. That yeah. it was a gift while you had it, but that's not the real reward. Yep, and then when you when you accept it that okay this this is my calling that what I have is a blessing and how can I use this to glorify God it changes your perspective and a lot and I tell people all the time like be careful like who you listen to and who you surround yourself because voices become your viewpoints 
And that's 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 deep if you really think about oh, that. You damn right it is. So it's like what what are you putting yourself in that that's going to change your perspective on? It? If you feed yourself the word, your word's going to read you back. You know the Bible's the only book that you can read and it reads you. It'll mess you up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it'll so, damn sure tell you stuff you don't want to hear. Yes, I mean like it's crazy that people people don't realize that, but. And, and after that, the stories just kept coming and coming. And, you know, I, I had a I had, I had an atheist friend who was with me this whole time this is going on. And people were coming up to me and they're like, man, like your life sucks. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Like, I, I am so blessed for my life. Like, I love being blind. Like, being able to do this and, and touch people's lives or touch one person. If if I, from, from that day, I, I realized what my calling was. If I'd have helped just one person out of the whole world, I could have died that day and been happy with my job here is done. But I've been blessed to be able to impact so many lives. And Blake, Blake, my buddy, was seeing this, and he was like, "Dude, like, what, what is up with you? Like, how are you so happy? Like, how can you? How do you have peace?" And it's so funny because it's like he can sit there and scratch his head, but yet he doesn't, he doesn't Does understand it. it. A, a couple years ago, uh, when I first got any notoriety on social media, I was called the bearded bastard, and uh, <laughs> I had an article that somebody did on me. And uh, they asked me, and this was just like right after I had came out with like my battles with depression and other things. And uh, they asked me, they were like, what is your goal with all this? First thing came out of my dumb ass mouth was money. I want to be rich. (laughs) And then I sat there and I thought about a message that was sent to me on social media after me opening up about my depression. And uh, I said, if I can just save one person's life. If I can just keep them from going down this dark road and never putting themselves in a position that I put myself in, that it will all make sense that my pain had a purpose behind it. And there have been a, there's been a peace. No matter what has came across my path, no matter getting fired from the radio station, no matter uh, battles with baby mama, anything like that, like there's a peace that's there. Yeah. And it's because we know that you know, we're not perfect. Nobody told us we had to be perfect, but we're supposed to be as perfect as we can on our journey and help people the way that God wanted wants us to help them. He wanted me and you to be preacher. If you're supposed to be the blind preacher and I'm supposed to be the drunk preacher, <laughs> he, he would have made us preachers. But instead, we're both, in my eyes, we're warriors. We've, we've survived our battles. We're still battling every day. And that is a lot to people that hear our struggles. They don't want to hear people that, you know, have it made, that have never lost a house, that they've never lost a truck or a family member or anything like that. They want to hear people that go through what they go through. And that's where we can lead people to faith, by showing our scars, by showing our wounds, by the chinks in our armor is what how we help people come closer to God. Yep. And and a lot of people don't realize this too is, you know, here here's a reality check too. Name one person in the Bible that was qualified for the position that God had him for. None. Exactly. <laughs> He's gonna use the most dysfunctional person you can probably think of and, and impact thousands. And that's the way it works. You know, yeah. if if you told me how you're gonna be blind scuba diving and, and inspiring people, I'd look at you, you know, a couple of years back like you're stupid. Like, Same. How's that even possible? You know? And I and I've been blessed that way. But ever since that that turn of events, going going back to my buddy, uh, another crazy story, and this happened like a month down the road. I, you know, I had a glow to me like I'm I'm just doing my thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh we were diving one night, we did a night dive. And uh, me and my buddy, we we went off separately than my other guy, friend, whatever you want to call him, buddy, 
I don't want to say his name, but uh, he goes over there and he's doing his thing and we, we run out of air. So we, we got out of the water and we're sitting on the tailgate. Well, he comes up, he goes, Hey Matt, he said, uh, I got a present for you. And usually he's a smart ass. So I like, I was, wa- <laughs> I was waiting for him to pull up like, you know, a, a crowbar or a shoe or something stupid and give it to me. And, uh, he hands me a, a pair of glasses and he goes, Hey, uh, I got these for you. Well, rewind a month later a month before that i had broke my glasses and just didn't have the funds to go get any and uh i was joking with him one day and he goes man he said why don't you go get you some glasses like nah i was like god god's got me yeah and he's like oh yeah okay well fast forward he uh he hands me these glasses and the first thing i say to him and usually i would have never said this i looked at him i said like why don't you grab these glasses didn't even didn't think twice about didn't miss a beat when i asked him that he goes i don't know something told me down there to grab them and I was like, something told you to grab these glasses? He goes, yeah, so they're sticking up under a log. They were they, they looked brand new, as if they just came out the wrapper, not a scratch on the lens, <laughs> not no rust, not no nothing. Y'all, I put them on the exact prescription I need. And I looked at I looked at him, I was like, I can see you. He goes, Bullshit. I said, I said, no. I was like, dude, I'm not, I am not playing with you. And look, I got chills. No, again. dude, you, you're chilling. And, the shit uh, out of me. and the next day I was like, you know what, mom? I was like, let's go prove, I'm going to go prove Blake wrong. Like, I, I want to prove him that, that this, th- it is the exact prescription. We went to my eye doctor and uh, went to the, the glass specialist. I said, hey, will you, will you put this on the computer and check the prescription? She goes, yeah. And uh, she comes back and she said, uh, yeah, it's exact, like to a T. I said, you would never believe how those fell in my lap. And I told her, and it looked like you threw water in her face, and her jaw hit the floor, and she she was tearing up. And at that point, like I, I called, oh, you're my, gonna make my fat ass cry for this. All said done, dude, I'm going to tell you, I, I'm getting over here now. I called, uh, I called him, and I said, "Hey, man," I was like, "Guess what?" He goes, "What?" I said, uh, "Those glasses that you found, perfect." And then at that point, it was the longest pause because it's like I think at that point, like it sat in that there is a higher power, and like, and it's crazy because I never talked to him about it, but. It's, it's being, it, it was him using me to not even have to say anything, just, just by actions. And, and at that point, it was like God was looking down. He's like, I, t- I told you, I got you, bro. I got you. Well, that's even though you, you had already started really reinforcing your faith at this point anyway, every once in a while, if you're on the right path, he's going to reward you with something. Yeah. He, he's going he's gonna to show you that you're on the right path. Uh, I honestly like starting this studio and everything. It's it's been a struggle, uh, because I don't know a lot. Like I know what I'm good at, and it just seems like every time, every time that I get into a crossroads, and I don't know which way to go. Like this podcast right now, is showing me I'm going the right direction to where there's a job offer on the table, and I sat here and I thought about it. But then if I did that. I couldn't talk with folks like you. I couldn't get your message out. I couldn't get the people that we've had recently their message out. And then you come in here, and you just knocked the hell out of me already in 35 minutes. <laughs> and it's just where you're where you're supposed to be. We'll always get rewarded, or even if there's if we think we're supposed to veer, if you will hush and, and just shut the hell up and go your own way, the good Lord is going to put you where you're supposed to be. Yeah, That's the walking with faith. Yeah. And, and and another thing too is you know it's it's uh, progression over perfection. You know I, I would lie if I told you like I'm perfect. You know, but yeah, I, I hate to tell it to you know whoever's listening. But you know when you get through one storm, test your faith is always going to be tested. Yeah. You know, prime example. You know when those guys were like, "Yo, Jesus, I want to be like you." He's like, "Look, man, like carry your cross." 
And that, that's like a mic drop within itself because oh, you're like, yeah. like, damn, dude, like if I had to carry my cross, that means like I'm beaten, I'm abused, like I'm going I'm to die. And they, like, that's enough scare within itself. So it's like, even even though that battle was over with and I got to get the blessing, well, after the blessing became another battle. And it, even even like today, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm in, I'm in probably the, the biggest battle that I've ever been in, but I'm at peace with it. And like, I, I can't explain it. You know, I don't, I don't want to tell that yet, but it's like, cause, cause when I get done with this one, Oh, it's it, like, it gives me chills just thinking about it. And it, and it puts like the blindness and the stuff to shame because it's like, since January 1st, I've been in one of the biggest battles of my life all because of it, it, it's, it's a level up and like, Satan don't want me doing this. Like I can tell you that right now. Like, well, you're gonna get. That's that's the thing is like when God is using you for good, and you're a person like me. Like I, I call folks like me and you warriors. When you're a warrior, the opposition is gonna throw their biggest opponent out at you. When you have the best armor, you got the best weaponry. You are the the best at what you do. And you know you got God behind you. It only makes sense that the devil is going to do the same damn thing coming at you. Oh yeah. But good always beats evil. So mm-hmm. if you if you keep the attitude you've got, and you realize that you're a, you're you're an extension of God when you talk about the stuff you want to, the stuff that you're talking about now, I am too. And it's where there's someone. Like we said a while ago, there's someone that's not going to church. I don't go to church. I don't believe in organized religion, to yeah. be honest with you. I, I, agree with I, you I believe it's your own personal relationship with God. Exactly. I don't need anybody telling defining my God for me. Yep. I know what my God is. And there's somebody that's listening to you right now, and they're like, man, this guy has been hit hard, and he can still sit there with a smile on his face talking about how great God is. I need to look into this. You know, if he's going through the biggest battle of his life right now and he can't talk about it and it's worse than what he's been through and he still has faith, man, that is a testament within itself. Uh, there's something special about that. Yeah. yeah. And that's hair standing up again, man. And I like I wish I wish I wish you knew and I wish I could tell you. But I mean, it's it is crazy. But I have seen more of God's grace and mercy through this battle than I saw ever going through the blindness and stuff like yeah. that. And like you said, I can sit here with a smile and it is a complete hell hailstorm of a hurricane. Matthew round two in my life. And like I'm calm. I'm tranquil. In the- you, you realize, though, with that. It's sometimes it's not about you coming out on the other side of the battle. It's you being able to show the battle that you're still you're still catching battle scars. Yeah. Is everybody wants to see the end product, but the middle of it when you're actually going through it and you're still keeping the faith, it's easy when it's all said and done to have faith. Yeah. And so you just you having that attitude, man. That's special. Well, if uh, you know if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. And yeah, you know, I, and I, and I want, I want like these guys listening. Like I want to be clear about this is you know my battles. Yeah, it's for me to sit here and talk to you guys. But the the battles was to to build me up as a character as far as the man of God that I need to be. Yeah. And and it goes back, you know, like praying for like for like forgiveness and un- and love and patience and stuff like that. When you start asking for that, he's going to show you in a way that's going to just break you down but when you get done after that it's like i mean you see me smile oh, yeah, like, yeah. because like I, I know and it's it's, it's crazy man it, it really it's is. like going from having cardboard armor to full-blown teflon steel wrapped around you that nothing can penetrate 
exactly. It, it's having something that you just you cannot describe. Yep, and and man, my career is is better than it's ever been, and and I, I I will be the first to tell you like I did not get me here. Like glory goes to God Almighty, one hundred percent. It this is bigger than me. This yeah, this is Matt's story, but this is this is Matt's testimony that that I've been through to, that I hope impacts the world. And like and I'm and I'm cool with that, man. Like it will. You, I'm telling you, there. There is something about people like you that you don't see the halo. Yeah. I think the halo, saying that you see the halo is one thing, but you can see like there's this glow. You you can there's something about it. It's the way somebody smiles. It's the way that somebody carries themselves. It's like uh, Mike Tyson. I idolize Mike Tyson. <laughs> I think Mike Tyson is one of is one of the best things that's ever happened in this world. The way you walk around when you have what you have, it's like Mike Tyson walking everywhere. It's like Mike Tyson walking into a ring knowing you're not going to lose. Yeah. It's you having that, and that is an inspiration. That's, that's, it's more, I mean, it's, it's faith, of course, but it's also just a confidence. Yeah. It's, I don't care what you throw at me, life, devil, whatever, you're going to lose. Bring that shit on. Yeah. Hey, you're right. And I mean, like, I, I, Again, I don't walk into every battle and just dominate. There's days I go in and get my ass kicked, but it's those days I get my ass kicked and I'm sitting on the ground that the thought comes back in, okay, let's remember those things. Like when it seems like it's happening to you, it's happening for you, nothing's quitting or accidental. Like you walk by faith, not by sight. Like let's get up, remember your training, go back in and put the word in front of you and you can conquer all things. And that's winning, what you got to realize. Winning would not feel as good if you didn't know how to lose. Exactly. A, a, a true man can swallow his pride and accept failure. Yeah. I always said that. Well, and a lot of people, even when you failed, though, if you learn something from it, yeah, if it's a learning experience and you don't view it as failure, you really didn't fail. Did you obtain what you wanted to obtain? No. But did you get what God and what the world wanted you to have, what they needed you to have? Yeah, you, you might not always get what you want. But you always get what you need. Exactly. And, that, and that's you're separating your wants from your needs. You fail often in order to succeed sooner. Well, uh, what is some stuff that you're doing now? Because uh, the scuba diving, is that what you said? Yeah, so, so that I know of right now, I'm actually one of three blind scuba divers in the world. Uh, I'm diving black water. They call it braille diving. You know, we, you can't see your hand in front of your face. And uh, there's days that my crew are like, man, like, is this some sketchy water? I'm like, Psh, it ain't nothing to me because I can't see anyway. Like, welcome to my life, you know? That's badass, though. If you think yeah, about yeah. It, like, so uh, so we, did, we went through training again. You know, I got, I got some loving people in my life right now that I would never trade for anything i've got to introduce you i've got a buddy who's a diving instructor who does who's been on axman uh the show that was on like history channel his name's dave stone he's a very good friend they called him the kragen on the show he's a big old ugly son bitch down in valdosta (laughs) but he uh he teaches diving and uh me and you'll call him Whenever we get done here, I'd love for you to meet. He's on. He's been on the History Channel A and E. He's cool. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I'd, I'd love to love to talk to him and, and rack his brains. You know, scuba divers are a, a family that you know we we love each other and we all get along. But yeah, diving. We till this day, you know, we're diving constantly. I'm I'm going up and down the East Coast again. You know, searching for treasure. Not not cell phones or drone treasures, but like real treasures. You know, Civil War cannons, Civil War cannonballs, muskets, rifles, bullets, sharks' teeth, fossils, uh, s- missing cars, murder weapons. I mean, you name it. We're, we're I imagine we're you find stuff that nobody else. And I, I mean, it's no pun intended. That nobody <laughs> else sees. I, yeah. I, I imagine because you're going by hand, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. 
actually actually we're on another podcast and this 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 guy asked me he goes so how do you how do you read the bottom and i was like the the only thing i can paint the picture for you is i can drop down in the water and scan the whole bottom with my hands and come back and tell you exactly what that sonar is reading on the boat because that's how i see it yeah you know, and and people joke me all the time, like, "Oh my gosh!" Like you, like so. What what was your heightened sense when you lost your eyesight? And it's like my sense of touch, and there, and then you can take it take it the right way or the wrong way. But um, yeah, it, it's crazy. Like my sense of touch was number one. I mean, I could I could graze over this whole table and, and draw everything out and know exactly where everything's at. And then it was sense of hearing, but because it was my hands that went first, uh, it made me a better diver. And when I was going through all that hard stuff, you know, my buddy. We were sitting on his dock, Mike Harris, and he looked at me. He goes, I was like, Mike, they told me I'd never dive again. He goes, that's bullshit. And I, like, Mike's always the type of person. Like, you ever told him no, he's going to figure out a thousand <laughs> reasons why you can't stop him. Yeah. And uh, he goes, that's bullshit. He said, uh, it's black water diving, man. He said, it's braille, it's braille diving to you. He said, matter of fact, if you can learn to dive in black water, you'll be one of the best fossil hunters in the world. And that, that fire sat me for about two weeks to where it just kept building and building and building. And finally I was like, you know what? He's exactly right. And I'm about to show the world. And I did. We, we filmed the documentary about my life from, from day one, when I could see to when I couldn't. And just the story and the, the trials and tribulations of learning how to dive blind. And when people were telling me that it couldn't be done, we did it anyway. And we proved to the diving community that no matter what your hindrance is in life, no matter what you're going through, like you chase after what you love doing, you grab life by the horns and you go out and do it. I think that's how we end this here. But I want you to tell them where they can find the documentary name of the documentary and your social media information yeah so the uh the documentary is they actually put it they didn't put it on youtube because i didn't i honestly didn't want the spotlight so i gave it to the producers um you can find it on my facebook page so if you look up a uh, modern goonie or if you type in uh matt jackson i mean you can find me it's like a, a, a surfing picture of me and my face as the profile picture but everything across the platform uh youtube instagram facebook and I think I'm going to share the shit out of that. I'm just <laughs> telling you, I'm fixing to share it insanely. It's a uh, it, I go by Modern Goonie, just like the movie The Goonies, but Modern yeah. Goonie. That's that's I me. like that. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else that you want to make sure we touch on before we get off here? No, man. I, again, it, it has been a, a straight blessing and an honor to come on here. And oh and no, tell yeah, I'm the story. one receiving the blessing right now. You be quiet with that shit. Hey. Like, uh, you you. I hope that you realize. Um, I've never been in your shoes, uh, so I, I don't know the everyday struggles or anything that you have. But y- you should know that just in the 45 minutes since we've been talking, that you have reinforced my faith, and I can only imagine when people hear your story how they are going to feel. You are – it sucks it's from hell what you've been through. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But also, I don't know anybody strong enough that would be sitting there looking like you right now. I had a young man in here that I would love for you to meet. Um, I've got his. I've got his ribbon on my door. His name's uh, Trevor Bland. Trevor, I heard, I heard that podcast. Trevor's eighteen years old and he's dealing with leukemia. Yeah. He came in here the day after he had a bone marrow biopsy. Tough as nails. This kid was a badass from start to finish. You two. I think I'm just the middleman. I think you two sitting down, kind of talking about your experiences and stuff together, I think y'all can be a true blessing 
a godsend on a lot of people. I'll work my fat ass right out of it, but I'll help y'all <laughs> too because there's something about folks like y'all that have dealt with real adversity. You know, there, there's people that's going to go home tonight and be like, I don't have money to buy what I want for Christmas for my kids. There's, oh, my job sucks. They don't know what real adversity is. Yeah. They don't know the true blessings that they're receiving in life. You're taking a complete negative, some bad cards, you're turning it into a positive, and you're making the most out of it, and you're doing it with a smile on your face. Yep. That is beautiful. And uh, like I said, man, I just I appreciate you and your mother coming. Uh, Mom didn't want to talk, <laughs> but I, we very much appreciate it. I'm sorry y'all got to go back to Gray. I wish there's somewhere better for y'all. Hey, it's go. all good. It's all good. We're actually going back to Millersville. That's right, Millersville. Millersville. I'm glad y'all don't live there anymore. Um, I'm just playing. I love my folks in Gray. I just uh, I like talking shit to anybody. Shout out to the hometown, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's what when I posted on here, there was a lot of people that gave a lot of love towards you. Yeah. And they told me that I was gonna I was gonna thank the world of you when I got to meet you, and they were not wrong. Yeah. Um. One more time, drop your social media information. That's how I like to end it, and then uh, we'll say goodbye. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, across the board, guys, it's, it's modern Goonie. You can find me that way. And and if you're going through anything or want to talk, reach out. I promise you, I'm never too busy to uh, sit down and, and talk. You demand, Matt. Well, thank y'all for tuning in, and thank y'all for listening to Politics, Religion, and Whiskey. We'll catch you next time.